1: Just like that, the final hours here on this Wednesday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton and with Row. Glad you're with us here on the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with EHop Beer and Whole Smokey Moonshine. Coming up, uh, David Kaplan scheduled to be with us. He's the uh, host of Captain J Hood on ESPN Chicago. A lot to discuss with uh, the Chicago Bears and expectations not being met, not even close, and what's going to happen with some changes that are headed their way. Uh, sooner rather than later, based on the uh, trajectory that we're seeing there. Maybe we can get
2: an update, too, on this mysterious Alan Williams inappropriate behavior that no one seems to be able to report on in Chicago, whether it be crime reporters, team reporters, no one.
1: And, uh, and Eberflus just his team just blew a 28-7 second-half lead to, to Denver. Uh, to a team that to was 0-3 Denver. just like them. To Denver. Yeah, uh, to a team that just gave up 70. The week prior.
2: Team that gave up 70. Um, a coach that referred to the previous regime as a clown show before giving up 70. He was getting into it with reporters after that game. And they're down 28-7. They come back and win.
1: Crazy times in Chicago. It, it is. Uh, and by the way, that they've got Thursday Night Football this week. Chicago's on the road against Washington. and 4 against 2-2. and Great
2: time for a short week. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they're thinking after giving up that lead, you know – Best thing about this, guys, we don't
1: have to wait around all week to play another game. We get to get right back after it on Thursday. Well, the many mini, the, the mini buys they refer to it. the long weekend is the time to make a change uh, if you're going to. If you're 0-5, though, what difference does it make? Yep. Chad, uh, what a difference an offseason has made for those vouching for, for Zach Wilson um, and just comparing uh, – thinking about the Deshaun Watson situation where he's, he's cleared to play by medical personnel, but chooses not to due to his shoulder issue. Um, you know, the perception of you've got the quarterback as the captain. Meanwhile, the quarterback in New York that no one wanted starting. They've got the starter, Aaron Rodgers, vouching for him behind the scenes. Robert Sala vouching for him behind the scenes. He's not going anywhere. We'll get uh, that comparison and uh, more into that uh, coming up right now. We, we say hello to David Kaplan. Uh, who joins us out of Chicago. He has been Chicago's where you can find his great show uh, uh, with uh, Cap and, and J-Hood. Uh, Cap, good to have you on, man. Hope things are well. Good to be with you guys. Things
0: are well, except my football team is not very good.
1: So what is the number one issue? Chad and I have discussed Justin Fields and uh, and how they've used him now versus how they were using him. They weren't winning games with him being really, really good running the football it didn't really matter, is my point.
2: It always felt like if you're going to draft Justin Fields, you know exactly how you want to utilize him within an NFL offense. You would think so because they had the number one pick and traded yes. away
1: to stick with Fields.
2: And to, to think that they knew what they were getting with him, and they, clearly they did not.
1: Let's, let's uh, try David Kaplan again. Cap is back with us. You i yeah, got, I've got it? you guys okay. So uh, does it start with Fields and just, hey, make some plays that other quarterbacks are making on bad football teams? Is it Eberflus and that hire with a defensive-minded coach after having Nagy? Like where, where do you start with where we are now? There's a myriad
0: of issues. It's a great question. First of all, their defense is horrible. They don't pressure the quarterback at all. They don't stop the run very well at all. Their defensive backfield went healthy, best room on the entire roster, but they already ruled out for tomorrow night. Today, they announced... No Jalen Johnson, your mm. best cover corner. No Eddie Jackson, perhaps your best safety. And your other safety, Jaquan Brisker, who I think is going to be a hell of a football player, uh, he's now questionable to play with a hamstring injury. And in the fact that you know Justin had – it looked like t- – Tommy Waddle put it best, uh, the former Bear who I work with. He said, the first three quarters looked like you played it on Sunday. The fourth quarter for Justin looked like you took a few days off and came back on Wednesday yeah. – what happened? Who's that guy? I mean, you cannot allow the scoop and score. You get you're gonna get sacked. Olin Crude said to me yesterday, kid, you gotta eat the football, take the sack, and live to fight another day. Instead, it bounces away, it's in the end zone, the game is tied. Then you take a, a horrible intentional grounding penalty, and then he misreads the defense. Cole Komet is running against a man to man justin thinks it's a zone he throws it to the left shoulder you got to throw it to the right shoulder corner or safety steps in thank you very much thanks for coming have a good day and you have another epic collapse so they've got horrible defensive issues the old line is underrated it's not great but it's better than people give it credit for and then justin's got to play better
1: man yep david kaplan with us host of cap and j hood on ESPN in chicago uh, Thursday night football this week, potential 0-5 as they take on the Commanders. Small, You've got the small mini buy here with the long weekend for, for the team. Is Matt Eberflus going to be fired? The Bears have never made an in-season change at coach.
0: Look, if they go out tomorrow night and get trucked, I mean trucked like they did at Kansas City, I guess all bets are off. we got a new president, Kevin Warren, who is uh, he's got rave reviews from people in there how different things are with him as compared to Ted Phillips, the former president. they fire him after five games? Look, I was so mad at him last week. I went crazy on my recap on my YouTube channel. What are you doing not kicking the field goal? you got to take the lead in that situation with 252 to go, and you have to force Denver to come from behind. Force them to play trailing again instead they go for it the play gets blown up and Denver wins the football game on a field goal I thought that was awful coaching and I said on the air then if I had been the GM my owner would have had to talk me out of why I can't fire that guy right now here at Soldier Field don't even get on the bus you're done out I don't see a scenario where he's back next year I don't but I also don't see a scenario if things don't turn fairly quickly that Justin's the quarterback because you're going to probably have number one, number two, number one, number three. You're going to have that top pick, it looks like.
2: Based on your assessment of that defense, it may not be making much of a difference, but Allen Williams, not the defensive coordinator right now, don't know how much he was really helping, but such an odd story that there is no story reported right now. You had the reports about an FBI raid at his house, maybe at Hallis Hall. The Bears say that it didn't happen at Hallis Hall, but wouldn't really talk about what went on at Allen Williams' house. Um, You've got Adam Schefter saying inappropriate conduct led to him leaving the team. How crazy is this story, David, and how unique is it that all the reporters in Chicago, everything going on, that it hasn't
0: been reported yet? Well, he hired a very high-powered attorney basically the day that all the allegations came out, and then he left. And this attorney put his reputation on the line and said, There is nothing criminal that went on here. So what we're hearing and what you know Shefty reported, and he's as good as it gets, it sounds like it's a personal misconduct. I don't know if that's marital. I don't know if that's with somebody he worked, I don't know any of those details, and they've kept them really close to the vest. But it does not sound like it was anything of a criminal nature. Look, if Allen Williams is in the building, the defense still sucks. It's terrible. Uh, Eberflus is now calling the defensive signals. He's a, he's okay. He knows defense. He did a decent job down in Indianapolis to get the bear job. They just don't have enough talent. You know, they go get Yannick Ngakwe late in the summer and he's got one coverage sack and they've got one other sack. That's it. They have two sacks as a team. Khalil Mack had six of those bad boys the other day and we traded him away. So it's just the front four here is bad. They drafted in the second and third rounds, Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, two good football players on, you know, the scouting lists. Well, one guy played seven snaps the other day. The other guy played nine. You got to be playing. These are your guys. So they need a three technique. They need another rush edge. Uh, their left tackles on injured reserve. They're going to get Tevin Jenkins back maybe as quickly as tomorrow, but he can never stay healthy. Nate Davis didn't go to OTAs, didn't go to mini camp, barely was at training camp. Then he lost his mom. So he missed one game and then he went to Kansas City and never got into the game at all. He did play the other day and looked okay. Darnell Wright's a stud at right tackle, a rookie. There are a myriad of holes all over this roster. Uh,
2: and I'm not trying to you know, have false optimism here because things are clearly bad with the Bears. There's no way around it. But wh- what do they have? What can you build around? For whoever the next coach is, wh- however they decide to move forward, what do you feel like on that roster right now or something within that team that you can say, okay, this isn't all bad. We can start here and build out.
0: Uh, I think with Darnell Wright at right tackle, Braxton Jones will come back healthy. He's a you know a solid left tackle. He's not the best in the league. Uh, you do have Tevin Jenkins at left guard. Nate Davis, now that he's back, I think is a solid player. You've got to get a center in here. I thought they missed on that in the draft. They can fix the offensive line pretty quickly. Their running back room, pretty solid. Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman, although he's not seeing a lot of run. And then in the wide receiver room, you know, DJ Moore's a stud. Darnell Mooney's a really good football player. They've got to get this sideshow of Chase Claypool out of here. He's not even allowed in the building this week. If you can't trade him, release him. It's a sunk cost. It would be like you guys buying cameras for your show and everything's blurry. Well, guess what? You can't keep using the cameras if no one can see you or hear you. So, Chase Claypool, you made a bad trade. 30-second pick for that dude. Ten games. Get out. So, they do have, as I said, the offensive line. I think the wide receiver room can be fixed pretty quickly. The defensive backfield, I think, once healthy, will be pretty solid. But that front four, awful. Worst in the league.
1: Long time uh Host uh, in Chicago is uh, David Kaplan. Cap joins us here on Hot my with Hutton Withrow. We've got a couple minutes left here, Cap, and maybe this deserves bigger discussion, but Virginia McCaskey is, what, 99, I believe? Yes. Uh, the Bears owner. That's uh, correct. W- when she passes, they have a lot of kids. Uh, we saw it here firsthand in Nashville. Bud Adams passes away. Uh, the, the the two daughters, one wanted the team. The other had wanted really nothing to do with football. Um, are the Bears going to be sold just based on taxes and, and inheritance tax that everyone's going to acquire based on the McCaskey money? It
0: sounds like it. W- they will not be sold. Okay. George has addressed that George McCaskey, that they have set this succession plan up. And then there's two, well, one just passed last year, but there was two gentlemen that own, I believe it's 19% of the Chicago bears, Pat Ryan of, Ryan Field at Northwestern and Welsh Ryan Arena, and Aon was his company. He's a multi-billionaire. He and the late Andy McKenna, now I believe Pat controls those shares, they have right of first refusal. If that team was to get sold, you, you Mark Cuban could walk in with a check for $10 billion. They got to let those dudes buy it first. If they gotcha. don't want it, then you can take it to the market. So I do not think it'll be sold.
1: I still, I just knowing that, they need stability, and I wonder once they feel like they find it. To Chad's question about who's who's worth keeping around, like then there's instability still off the field with uncertainty. It's in the whole stadium thing. I wish we had more time here. It's very bizarre right now with one of the uh, yes. one of the most stable and and historic franchises in the NFL. Yeah, it's a mess. It's
0: disappointing. It's sad that it's fallen in disrepair like this. But I do like this new president, Kevin Warren, He came from the Big Ten. He used to run the Vikings. Kevin Warren is the right guy at the right time.
1: Cap, appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll do this again and and hopefully under better circumstances for your Bears.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm a big fan of what all you guys do over there, so appreciate Thank you. it. Thank you, David. Yeah, appreciate David you. David
1: Kaplan, host of uh, Cap and J-Hood. Uh, and rough time to be a on bear a blowtorch and, and of a radio station that too. is
0: one of the banner
2: organizations the nfl yeah uh, with an enormous fan base and, and solid ownership been through a lot
1: like uh with uh, you know well we know coach mack very well yeah there was stability at the very top of ownership and those that were the day-to-day operations for the bears were not so great but i no stadium that's they need that resolve they need the the issues of you know all the inheritance they gonna be a lot movement
2: they just need something positive a lot
1: of distractions on the yeah, way
2: something some announcement that's good to happen for the bears so
1: they can look forward to something we look forward to ryan spader who's about to join us uh coming up in about 10 minutes or so we'll talk uh, with the mlb analyst and when we come back, we discuss the comparisons of Zach Wilson and now Deshaun Watson in terms of leadership, believe it or not. It's next.
3: What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie
1: Chat coming up uh, in just a handful of minutes, Spader Spader's going to join us, Major League Baseball analyst and author. We'll get uh discussion going on Trevor Bauer and this ongoing saga. Plus, we got the playoffs going on. It's here. October's upon us.
2: One of my favorite weeks of the year.
1: Where do you put... Is, it, March, for me, is my favorite sports month. But it's also weird for me to admit that because football is my favorite sport yeah but the the impact and like the buzz around one specific month you've got October with of course the got the World Series you've got the playoffs plus your teams are starting to hit their stride or really fall off by this time in college and pro for football Yeah,
2: I would say March Madness is my singular favorite event because it goes so you're leading up a
1: bit to uh, and it's a lot like it's a lot like the Fall Classic too, where it's March and April now, where you're leading into yeah. the Masters. It's really a four week span of like mid March to mid April for me. Yeah,
2: March leading into April with the Masters and the start of Major League Baseball. Springs I, I, around. Give me October though. The weather turning colder, football on a bunch of I, nights. You're right in the middle of conference yeah. starting conference play in college football. You're getting into the what second quarter. In third quarter of the NFL season, you know what though? It's to me, it's perfect. October and fell off based baseball, on postseason
1: baseball, based on baseball not being a priority for me. And this season, they have done a lot of good things to get me back well, your involved. Your Orioles are dominant, but beyond too, that, that's, a, that's beyond a good that part. though, like the 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 storylines across the league have been really good. Um, you know, even in some failures with the Mets, like they they're still like I still heard what I wanted to hear from Steve Cohen, and and how he wanted to approach this as as an owner and not being emotional, but being analytical about whether or not he's going to keep people around. And instead, he added more people to the front office, not reduced it. I understand why it doesn't happen. But I really wish, this is my
2: solemn wish and desire for Major League Baseball. Don't play games on Saturday and Sunday in October. Avoid those two days like the plague, even Monday night. Give me Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday games in baseball. Avoid football. This is me being selfish. I want to sit and watch football on Saturday and Sunday. My Braves will open the division series on Saturday. Now, I'll be pitching in a coach pitch 8U softball tournament all day, so it won't matter. I won't see anything that day. But if I could see something, I'd want to sit down and watch college football on a Saturday. Yes. And I hate the conflict between the two. I wish it was Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then the weekends were football. Then you go right back to Major League Baseball playoffs after that. I understand why it can't happen. That's just me being selfish
1: with my sports viewing. We'll get back into baseball discussion with Ryan Spader coming up. Uh, Chad, and just the the perception of image rehab, let's put it that way, what – we're seeing right now with Zach Wilson is a true opportunity to do that with the next team, because if he wants to start, it's not going to be next year in New York. And there's still, and I think the perception's fair. He's not the guy to get you there, but maybe, maybe what he can repair is behind the scenes as a leader, you know, as someone that the team, the locker room actually believes in trusts. Uh, he's doing all the right things in that regard so far. And what's really helped him, despite being in a bad spot where four plays in, he's now the starter for the remainder of the year as long as he stays healthy. What's really helped him is Aaron Rodgers, who has vouched for him behind the scenes. Robert Sala, even before long before Rodgers was discussed publicly to the magnitude it was all offseason, as soon as the season was over last year, Sala's saying he, he hopes – that Wilson was back. And that's coming off of a month and a half span where they sat him due to his comments after the New England Patriots game where he said the offense didn't hold the team back, which, I mean, they scored three points in that game. He hasn't built up this, this uh, level of play to where he's he's a starter. He's one of the 32. I'm not trying to say this. But we are kind of seeing this pattern where he's crossing the same plane as Deshaun Watson to me this week and it's they're going in opposite directions in terms of this image rehab where no one liked Deshaun Watson based on the suspension and the massage therapist and and that entire uh, year and a half saga and Then they put a C on his jersey, and he's a captain in year two for the fully guaranteed contract for the Cleveland Browns, and he doesn't want to play after being medically cleared, and Stefanski goes out of his way to mention David Njoku postgame, who played through burns on his face in the same game. That's also a way to lose confidence, trust, and not have the same type of leadership qualities that... You were voted in in that spot on, not, on, unlike last year where you were not, by the locker room. I just see it, you, you're certainly not building any more respect than what you may have had. And in Zach Wilson's case, you've even got Robert Sala game uh, against the, the Chiefs on Sunday of football saying, if he plays like this, we can win a lot of games. You have Joe Namath trying to backtrack on what he said. I said, you like to take back the comments. He's also playing along with the Jets uh, theme and and talking points by doing that. But, Chad, this is a a great opportunity for Zach Wilson to say, hey, I'm still a quarterback in this league, and I can play the role next year of what Baker Mayfield's trying to accomplish this year in Tampa.
2: Well, and Aaron Rodgers started a lot of this by coming out and saying on Pat McAfee's show, let's chill out. Let's keep our powder dry a little bit here. That's former players. That's guys on the sideline yelling at coaches. Let's have a little competitive integrity about us. And when things aren't going well, let's not freak out all the time, which is good advice from Aaron Rodgers. I think Joe Namath heard that and heard the advice and decided to take back some of the things he said about Zach Wilson. I think Rodney Harrison talking about him being garbage. With Chris Jones, they got so much attention. Yeah, uh, post game. Yeah, right. I think that's helped Zach Wilson because now suddenly he's this sympathetic figure to guys around the league. you got Micah Parsons defending him, saying that's not right of him to say, he's not garbage, this and that. You've got Zach Wilson apologizing to the team after dropping the snap. Played great. Have to bring up the point that they lost the game on the final drive because he dropped a snap and turned the ball over, but he apologizes to the team about it. Wouldn't have happened a year ago. That's right. And I keep going back to Deshaun Watson's complete lack of self-awareness at every turn, whether it be during all the investigations with what was going on in the massage parlors or preseason. If you remember Hutton, when he's talking about hey, you know what really needs to happen? Uh, I need to tell my team about my upbringing and how tough I had it because there's not enough stuff written about how tough I had it. Well, Everyone said, in the media wants to write about negative things yeah. about me, but I'm going to connect to my team because – Well, he said he
1: did that already, but the yeah, media wasn't following The media's along. not
2: going to you know, cover that. Deshaun right. Watson got nothing but positive coverage I'm, throughout his career until all this happened. Right. So I don't want to hear that from You're absolutely right. And now he's coming back and not playing when he's medically cleared to play. I just think Deshaun Watson lacks self-awareness. A year ago, I'd have said the same about Zach Wilson. I think he's gotten some back. I'm watching him on the sideline and that look of disappointment, I'm like, this is a guy who is aware of the situation, is devastated by the fact that he ended up making the mistake that cost his team a chance to win that game, and he's going to play in a way that's going to try to redeem himself with his teammates. I don't get the sense of any of that self-awareness with Watson. That's the difference right now between
1: the two. Yeah, and Watson. Zach not-
2: Wilson is self-aware. Deshaun Watson is not.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's not going to handle the. Now,
2: Deshaun Watson, when he's good, is a much better well, Wilson quarterback.
1: Was not, Wilson was not self-aware What 11 months That's ago. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, now, but, he's but, gained but least, that in the last and year. And I think Rodgers has helped him in that regard in the offseason. He's gone. I, I made this analogy on Monday, Hutton. He's gone
2: from Johnny Lawrence in Karate Kid as the villain, the 80s movie villain, to Johnny Lawrence in Cobra Kai, where he's the sympathetic figure that you root for in the end. It flips from villain to hero, from that to years later. That's what Zach Wilson, that's a transformation he's undergone in a matter of 11 months.
1: Ryan Spader uh, joins us, MLB analyst and and author, uh, to talk some postseason baseball more. Uh, Ryan, thank you for the time, man. We were discussing some image rehab uh, with Watson choosing not to play in the NFL this past week and Zach Wilson having an opportunity to do that now after what happened last year. Trevor Bauer, is he going to get the opportunity to do that in Major League Baseball? Are we going to see him on the mound so, again?
4: So before, before we get into this, I want to apologize to you, gentlemen, as I'm uh, tardy, I didn't anticipate the traffic.
1: It's, it's okay, um, yeah, it's all good. Um, no worries. We appreciate the communication is what we appreciate. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Well, um, I do think Trevor Bauer is going to get an opportunity. I do think there will be criticism of whatever team decides to give him that opportunity, and I talked about this with uh, uh, not to promote somebody else's show on your show, but with Stu. I don't even know how to pronounce his name that works with – his last name, Bergeier, that works with Blaze. Um, and, And I spoke to him about this very same topic And um, I I do think he's going to get an opportunity, but I do think there will be blowback against that team no matter what. His reputation has been um, irreparably and unfortunately uh, tarnished, and I think that um, he should be entitled to some damages because uh, what has happened to him is just completely unacceptable, in my opinion. Uh, Major League Baseball did not do a good job, and they don't generally do a good job with domestic violence cl- cases. I mean, you, you've had Trevor Bauer had to go to Japan to play, uh, but Marcelo Zuna, you know, is got, a, I don't know, what, a 20-game suspension or That's something? Right. Yeah. And he he like nearly beat his significant other uh, to death, um, uh, per the reports. My lawyer says to say that's my opinion, right? Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, I just, I really think it's going to be problematic for that team. uh, And I hope that that's not something that continues on.
2: Yeah. I I know that you've been posting about this also, but Molly Knight with the athletic was named in a defamation lawsuit. I think that Trevor Bauer eventually dropped that lawsuit, but she and others have been silent on this, people that automatically assumed guilt with with Trevor Bauer that wrote a lot about it and then have gone remarkably quiet uh, on this front. And, Ryan, I always see that as a shame because if outlets treat it this way, people are only going to know Trevor Bauer for the bad part of the allegation and not what's happened since then, right?
4: So I don't know Bauer personally, but I do. Uh, I am friends with his agent. Rachel Luba, um, I don't wanna put words in her mouth or his mouth, but I'm inclined to think if, you know, Molly Knight was just like to apologize, he would accept it. Um, that's my perception of the situation. And I, I think that they're making a mistake by doing so. Um, is uh, pretending like, you know, it it's never happened and blocking the Ace of Spader on Twitter uh, fixing this uh, the problem? Is that a solution? Uh, not in my, not in my uh, perspective. Um, so I, I don't think that they're handling it correctly uh, in in this particular situation. Um, one other thing uh, I want to throw as an aside, I also apologize for doing this in my kitchen. I have a basement <laughs> studio, You're but I Stop was, I was rushing, You're You're fine, fine, I was You're rushing to get on the
2: phone. We appreciate it.
1: Ryan Spader, our, our guest, uh, looking uh, on the diamond, anything surprise you from the start of the, uh, the postseason?
4: Uh, the Twins did. Uh, they finally won a postseason game. Congratulations, Twins. Uh, they didn't really – I don't want to say they surprised me, um, but the fact that they didn't disappoint me was surprising. Um, Pablo Azuna, I think, is one of the best pitchers in baseball – um he's significantly underrated never since he figured out how to strike guys out he's been a dominant force um i i think that this is one of the true trades in history um sending ozuna to the marlins for um uh arias uh, i think it's one of the true trades in history that both teams benefited um uh Going from that, though, I'm sure you guys could tell from my voice, I'm from Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm I'm pulling for my Phillies, and I was really impressed with the showing of the fans. They immediately picked uh, picked it back up from last year, and uh, the team looked very sharp. They feel energized, so I, I, I'm fairly confident in the uh, the Phillies' ability going forward. And should they end up facing the Braves. I think the Braves are going to have their work cut out for them. I know they're the best team overall in the regular season. Uh, However, I I don't know that they're necessarily built for a postseason. We saw this for years with Dodger teams that would win 105, 107 games, and then they get to the postseason and they're out in the first round. Uh, the reason for that is because this is a team that is built for 162. And I truly believe that the reason they won that World Series when they finally did was because the season was only 60 games. And I don't think if it went 162, they would have been able to complete the job and win that World Series. The Ace of
1: Spader is where you can fo- follow Ryan Spader on social, MLB Analyst. Ryan, thank you so much, man. And uh, we'll catch up soon. More coming on My with Honey Withrow. If you haven't taken your shot with PointsBet, now is the perfect moment. Here's the big reason why. Exclusively for first-time PointsBet users, grab this unique offer. Right now, new PointsBet users can get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, PointsBet has your back with a second chance. You get this offer by visiting outkick.com slash bet. outkick.com slash bet is where you go to complete the registration process with PointsBet, and then you make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, Chad, in case you don't know what the second chance is, what if, is a your, second if chance your first bet happens to me, lose, please. that's when the second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Outkick.com slash bet. Outkick.com slash bet. Outkick.com slash bet. Speaking of betting, uh, Clay Travis and Kelly in Vegas start a uh, new program tomorrow. Um, that will allow us to... Uh, Get rich. Absolutely. I, speaking of sports gambling, someone threw this
2: open in the the YouTube chat. We're yep. discussing Alan Williams. They said, "What if it's gambling related?"
1: Well, why? Why, would,
2: why no one's commenting on it? Well, that it's a sports betting related, inappropriate activity. Uh, and the feds would be involved with that.
1: Well, that would be look. There's no. That I, would I have, be. I have no that would be evidence. A, why would of HR and in, in, with the Bears be involved with that?
2: Well, I, I don't know that HR. They said internal. It could no, be they internal. An they an HR
1: matter. Was the was the uh, report from Schefter? There's also
2: not. But it wasn't not criminal. Fully it wasn't criminal.
1: It was. It was, uh, it, it was what was uh, what, what was the word they used? It wasn't criminal. It was
2: inappropriate conduct. Inappropriate
1: conduct. conduct. But uh, I mean, so. But I'd,
2: I'd never heard that. And I'm thinking. Well, I guess that could be part of it. It's not criminal. To bet on, you know, sports,
1: but well, there's a could that be an issue. There's a criminal investigation in the state of Iowa, where all kinds of information is out there about their the quarterbacks and others who have bet on games.
2: Yeah, I've said this since that story popped. Every program that's in a state where legalized online sports gambling is allowed, you should be on alert. That you just pray that it's not you that someone finds this out about your program.
1: It's like all of the fan bases that laugh and mock those. It, not now. It's what used to happen about paying players or uh, you know, illegal recruiting situations uh, or attempts. And it's like, well, don't laugh so much because it could be, around the corner for your said program as well.
2: Speaking of the NCAA, props to the NCAA. They met today. Board of Governors got together. They've got new laws. They're still hard at work. For everyone that thought that they're dead, oh, no, 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 they're very much alive. Cue the Undertaker rising from the dead and getting up. That is the NCAA right now. They've got new rules like instead of 45 days to enter the transfer portal at the end of a season, you have 30 days now to help out the coaches and Hutton. Okay. As of today... Photo shoots from the school no longer allowed on unofficial visits, only official visits can't get your photo taken professionally
1: as if when you're unofficially visiting a school that's the benefit that puts bama or or Georgia over the it, top It is the definition of busy work
2: that's what this is well busy just, work you know
1: let they, me look like I'm what? affecting something you know what's worthless is uh, number one the the bill that uh, for Nil. Legislation that is more or less the rules that were in place prior to July of 21. Yeah, let's That's just go. Back. One. That's gonna number go one. We're going to go in reverse. And then here we are sitting here in 2020. They're proposing this as federal legislation, and it's the same structure that the NCAA, uh, that would do practically anything to have federal legislation, they stepped away from and, and said, individual states, you know, abide by your state laws. Abide by your university policies and your program, program to program, or your conference. Uh, uh, they'll, they'll police you. They'll structure guidelines for you. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going, we'd like to go back to this rule book that we didn't enforce to begin with. We yeah. stepped away from. That's number one. Number two, they're mentioning photo shoots and any, what, what else? Uh, the, the calendar dates are, are shrinking a bit on when you can enter the portal. Yeah, 45 this,
2: days to 30 this days. This is the you kind of enter. crap
1: they were doing. With the previous rules and structure that they actually tried to enforce instead of you know uh, debapping and stepping back and saying everyone else handle this because we can't we can't enforce our own policies Uh, that's this reminds me of pre-july 21 type crap that i mean what difference does it make if you have a photo shoot now nothing no Nothing. It's not the photo shoot that's going to put it over the top. No, it's not, Chad. Uh, it's it. It's, it's whether. No, I think there's can, other can, things. Can being... some programs offer cashiers' checks? Is that what? Is that yeah, the thing? There's, that, there's we, some things that do put it over cash? the top
2: that I'm sure are being investigated in some way. But it's not the professional photography shoot. Every I, time I think I about have... the photo shoot on a recruiting visit, I think about the Florida Gators dad oh. in the full uniform.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: That that image is burned in my cortex forever.
1: But but also the fact that any program would have set them up with that. You know, behind the scenes at Florida that day, it was like, can you believe this dude wants to, they're going to pose together in full pads?
2: Something else that's always funny, Hutton, always funny. There's a great uh, Fly on the Wall, a podcast, listen to it, Dana Carvey and David Spade. They had this great story about how Christopher Walken at SNL one time would just talk about how bear suits were funny. They were trying to come up with ideas for sketching. He said, We need a bear suit because okay. bear suits are funny. Something else that's always funny grown men in full baseball uniforms, <laughs> like old men, managers. Like managers. I'm watching Rob Thompson, the manager for the Phillies last night, do an interview. And I'm like, Not that he's that old, but he's older. And anytime yeah. there's an old man, especially if they have a little belly and they're wearing, a, I mean, it's if you want a sign that this is a child's game that adults are playing look at an old man in a full baseball uniform cleats pants jersey belt everything and look how ridiculous it looks it looks like they're dressed up for halloween and they're going to go
1: door-to-door trick-or-treating
2: and i love it it never gets old old men in full baseball I, uniforms I mean, always it's funny.
1: funny but it doesn't make sense always like funny. I, it's like why is that the one sport where you wear what the players are wearing.
2: Tommy Lasorda, full baseball uniform, oh, full Dodgers uniform. Col- Bobby funny, Cox. Bobby Cox, little boiler on him, little belly, <laughs> run out there to argue a call, always funny.
1: You're right. I, mean, I don't like is. this.
2: I know Gabe Kapler got fired in San Francisco. I don't like these, like, studly, fresh-out-of-the-major-league guys that are managing that just look like another major league baseball player manager. I want old, fat men in full baseball uniforms. Yeah. Let's return to the that. traditionalist. Let's not worry about return to 2021 NCAA rules. Let's return to all major league baseball managers being over 60 and overweight. That's what I want. More full uniforms for those guys. Please. Chad, uh, Urban it's Meyer. It's not too much to
1: ask. Not returning to coaching anytime soon. Dan Dockich joined us, what, two weeks ago. Yeah, he was an you, adamant. Adam, he's like, no, not Michigan Absolutely State. Absolutely not. Well, now Bruce Feldman is saying that he's, that's also 100% accurate because Feldman talked with Urban Meyer and No, he's not in the mix for the Michigan State job.
2: I love that Feldman even put reports in quotation marks. These reports about Michigan State. Which is just someone's list. Or it's it's some blogger boy that posted it. I'm hearing that Urban Meyer has serious interest in the job here at Michigan State. Bruce Feldman came off the top rope. Bruce Feldman, by the way, who works for Fox and works with Urban Meyer. Sure. Could easily on. go to him and hear from him. Oh, he's loving working at Fox Sports. He has no interest in that. Not interested. Not, not interested. I believe this report, by the way. Uh, yes. I, I believe that Urban Meyer still may coach again uh, somewhere if the perfect job opens up in college. Not the NFL. Not that he would have an opportunity. But maybe he'll coach again in college. It's not at Michigan State. Not now. Not
1: at Michigan State. What type of job would be perfect, though? Like, Michigan State, you're right. Not that. Northwestern, no. Uh, USC.
2: But what, Lincoln Riley going on to the NFL. Yeah. I could see that.
1: But they've had those opportunities before.
2: Return to Ohio State. When,
1: when he turned them down. It, Ryan
2: Day takes the Bears job that we've talked about forever.
1: He, uh, back to Florida.
2: Ryan Day so pissed off about Lou Holtz that he's going to leave college football. You I, know what? Lou's right. We're not physical enough. I need to go to the NFL.
1: <laughs> Sharpen my skills. I did have this discussion with uh, Logan, Ryan, and a couple of others who were at his event about the Florida job and what happens with the next hire. And Dion came up. With Billy Napier? With Billy Napier. Oh, yeah. man. And Dion came up. That would be a nightmare. And, and the, the, the discussion, <laughs> That's a nightmare for the rest of the SEC. The discussion I'm turned from, okay, what's realistic to how much does Dion want to put it to Florida State? by taking that job. Again, all hypothetical. It's just bar talk. But that's, I, I mean, would he hate the Seminoles that much to where when they didn't give him the opportunity initially when he wanted it, that he would go to the Gators and coach there? Mainly based on that. The money on any opportunity is going to be virtually the same for him. If he's in the mix and he wants a job now, he just names the price and you either pay or you don't. If Florida were to pony up and do that, would he take it just based on the Florida State aspect of it?
2: I don't think I, it'd have anything to do with Florida State. Um, I, don't I think, think it would just be an opportunity
1: that he would take. But he also he There's the plenty opp- of
2: guys who end up coaching I, at their rival. He did turn of where they down, went to school. I think school. it's
1: interesting though, he turned down South Florida. I believe that was it, right? South Florida instead, he went to Colorado. There were two schools. There was one in in Florida. One of course, Colorado. He chose Colorado over it would have his been South state. Florida
2: timeline wise. That's
1: it then, because he he had both options and he took Colorado instead of his home state of Florida, where the perception was he goes there and the perception is he's winning at a much higher rate, faster, and he's doing it now uh, at, at Colorado anyway. But he would do it in the state of Florida where he's going to dominate recruiting. Again, that was just the base floor perception of what was being considered.
2: Well, I asked Clay about this, and I, I agree with Clay, by the way. It, it will probably be Billy Napier that will have the hotter seat because Brian Kelly did get hot last year in year one and win the SEC West. Um,
1: and we're lo- also assuming that LSU continues to win more than they lose.
2: Yeah, they're going to win more than they lose, and I'm also assuming that LSU beats Florida in Baton Rouge in November right? when they play head-to-head. But the good graces and goodwill that Billy Napier got for beating Tennessee at home – kind of got negated, not by Hutton, what's the line? Not if you lose, how you yeah, lose. I, I believe in that. You lose, you lose by a field goal or lose by a touchdown to to Kentucky in a close back-and-forth game, whatever. You lost a road game in the SEC, not the end of the world. Three straight years. program still respectable. That's crazy still. But lose a third straight, and to get just face-planted. Yeah. I mean, they did to – Kentucky did to Florida, kind of what Florida did to Tennessee in the first yeah. half in that second quarter, really. Florida's played one amazing quarter of football so far this season. And outside of that, they are kicking a field goal up 12 on (sighs) Charlotte with two minutes left in the game to win by 15. Not in the game against Utah. They get physically beaten up by Utah. Kentucky did anything they wanted against them. Ray Davis had a historic day running the ball on the
1: Florida defense. They outrushed Florida 329-69. to
2: It's not good. Now, they're recruiting well. I think they're top five nationally right now in the, this next year's class. And they got time to win some. You know, win a couple big games this year, but they, that schedule's really Florida, difficult.
1: Chad, Florida has a, a players that were pointing to the kickoff time as the reason why they suck so bad. It's not going to happen. Third straight loss to Kentucky. It's not going to
2: happen because I think Vandy's just really, really bad. But if he lost two in a row to Vandy, and they lost at home to Vandy this weekend and got upset – it's going to get real loud from Florida fans. Napier real loud. One in eight. There's going to be a lot of people saying, pull the plug
1: now. This guy can't win at this level. He is 1-8 in road or neutral site games.
2: Yeah, whether that's fair or not, and I don't think it is this early in the year, two, people are going to have their minds made up. I mean, think about that. That'd be three straight losses to Kentucky and
1: two in and, a row to Vandy. And four of six. lost. They've lost the last four of six to Kentucky.
2: But they still own Tennessee at home.
1: <laughs> Which is crazy. you can always hang their hat on I, that. I lose money every year on that, Joe. They can hang their hat every on that one. Every year.
2: At least at home. Tennessee's won a couple in the last six years uh, at, in Knoxville, but they uh, they own that series,
1: no doubt. Tennessee with the week off and then AM. Hey, that could be – it's already the CBS – And now you got, they have Bama this 30
2: Central Time game, but if they beat Bama and you've got two one-loss teams going head-to-head in Knoxville – Cue up the CBS theme music for that game. It'll Bama. be a big
1: one. Bama seems to have found something right. I think So is, so is A&M. I think Bama wins, but I think it's going to be a A, a low-scoring
2: I think it's going to be a war slog. defensively. Yes, two defensive lines that are going to get after it in that game.
1: Jalen Milrow now 27 for 33. 389 yards in the last two starts. They got something. They figured something out. Uh, and, and look, Texas looks elite right now. So... Losses, per save aren't acceptable, but it seems more and more like Alabama's just a notch below, not three or four. We're back at it tomorrow, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Hotline with Anna Withrow.